Section 5 of National Geographic Magazine, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Phil Schempf. An Expedition to Mount St. Elias, Alaska, by Israel C. Russell. Introduction. The Southern Coast of Alaska. The southern coast of Alaska is remarkable for the regularity of its general outline. If a circle, a thousand miles in diameter, be inscribed on the map of the northern Pacific, with a point in about latitude 54 degrees and longitude 145 degrees as its center, a large part of its northern periphery will be found to coincide with the southern shore of Alaska, between Dixon Entrance on the east and the Alaska Peninsula on the west. On the northern part of this great coast circle lies the region explored in the summer of 1890 and described in the following pages. From Cross Sound at the northern end of the great system of islands forming southeastern Alaska, westward along the base of the Fairweather Range, the mountains are exceedingly rugged and present some of the finest coast scenery in the world. There are but two inlets east of Yakutat Bay on this shore, which afford shelter even for small boats. These are Latuya Bay and Dry Bay. Ships may enter Latuya Bay at certain stages of the tide, and find a safe harbor within, but the approaches to Dry Bay are not navigable. West of Yakutat Bay, the coast is equally inhospitable all the way to Prince William Sound. As if to compensate for the lack of refuge on either end, there is in the center of this great stretch of rock-bound coast, over 300 miles in extent, a magnificent inlet known as Yakutat Bay in which a thousand ships could find safe anchorage. On some old maps, this bay is designated as Bay de Monte, Admiralty Bay, and Bering Bay, as will be seen when its discovery and history are discussed on another page. The southern shore of Alaska, for the distance of 200 miles along the bases of the Fairweather and St. Elias Ranges, is formed of a low tableland intervening between the mountains and the sea. Yakutat Bay is the only bite in this plateau sufficiently deep to reach the mountain to the northward. This bay has a broad opening to the sea. The distance between its ocean capes is 20 miles, and its extension inland is about the same. Its eastern shore is fringed with low wooded islands, among which are sheltered harbors, safe from every wind that blows. The most accessible of these is Port Mulgrave, near its entrance on the eastern side. The shores of Yakutat Bay, on both the east and the west, are low and densely wooded for a distance of 25 miles from the ocean, where the foothills of the mountains begin. At the head of the bay, the land rises in steep bluffs and forms picturesque mountains, snow-capped the year-round. These highlands, although truly mountainous in their proportions, are but the foothills of still nobler uplifts immediately northward. The bay extends through an opening in the first range to the base of the White Peaks beyond. This opening was examined a century ago by explorers in search of the delusive Northwest Passage, in the hope that it would lead to the long-sought Strait of Annan, the dream of many voyagers. It was surveyed by the expedition in command of Malaspina in 1792, and on account of his frustrated hopes, was named Puerto de Sengano or Disenchantment Bay, as it has been rendered by English writers. The waters of Yakutat and Disenchantment Bays are deep, and broken only by islands and reefs along their eastern shores. 
a few soundings made in disenchantment bay within half a mile of the land showed a depth of from forty to one hundred and twenty fathoms the swell of the ocean is felt up to the very head of the inlet indicating as was remarked to me by captain c l hooper that there are no bars or reefs to break the force of the incoming swells the lowlands bordering yakutat bay on the southeast are composed of assorted glacial debris much of the country is low and swampy and is reported to contain numerous lakelets northwest of the bay the plateau is higher than toward the southeast and has a general elevation of about five hundred feet at a distance of a mile from the shore but the height increases toward the interior where a general elevation of fifteen hundred feet is attained over large areas all of this plateau excepting a narrow fringe along the shore is formed by a great glacier belonging to what is termed in this paper the piedmont type there are many reasons for believing that the plateau southeast of yakutat bay was at one time covered by a glacier similar to the one now existing on the northwest the mountains on the northern border of the seaward stretching tablelands both southeast and northwest of yakutat bay are abrupt and present steep southward facing bluffs this escarpment is formed of stratified sandstones and shales and owes its origin to the upheaval of the rocks along the line of fracture in other words it is a gigantic fault scarp the gravel and boulders forming the plateau extending oceanward have been accumulating on a depressed orographic block or mass of strata moved as a unit by mountain-making forces which has undergone some movement in very recent times as is recorded by a terrace on the fault scarp bordering it west of yakutat the geological structure is more complex and long mountain spurs project into the platform of ice skirting the ocean filling the valleys between the mountain spurs there are many large seaward flowing glaciers tributary to the great piedmont ice sheet this brief sketch of the geography of yakutat bay together with the accompanying outline map of alaska plate two will it is hoped aid in making intelligible the following historical sketch and the narrative of the present expedition end of section five